This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so we will continue on this teaching on this family life class around dealing with death. And my portion of this is death, the enemy of God. And these are very, very sobering messages, very important messages to talk about. I know people don't like to talk about death, but this is something we all have to deal with directly and indirectly. In other words, we all have somebody that we know, a loved one, family member, friends um, that have passed away, have died. And guess what? One day you shall die. And so we must prepare for these things and how to handle these things. And again, these messages are not a popular message, you know, talking about death. You know, it's not something that you tune into. It's not about how you're going to get more money or get your husband or get your wife or get some children or, you know, <clears throat> get a promotion in your job or, you know, get a house, a car. You know, this is not about that message at all. You know, this is really about eternity. And that's why I love about talking about um, life after death because that deals with where you're going to spend eternity at. And again, get, get your head around that. I, I know it's hard to think about eternity because you've just been on this side. But you have to be somewhere for eternity. And where you're going to be at for eternity depends what decisions you made on this side. That's why it's so important to get these things down in your heart, understanding what it takes for you to make sure that you are on the right side of eternity. All right, so again, the objective of this teaching is really around to examine death and how, as believers, we have victory over death through Jesus Christ. And again, notice that as believers... That means those, what's a believer? Those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins. Simple as that. If you have not accepted Jesus, the Christ, as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sin, then you're not a believer. But if you've done that, you are a believer. And how do I accept Jesus Christ uh, as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of my sins? I must first recognize that I am a sinner. That means I am guilty. And who am I guilty? I am guilty before God. I have sinned against God Almighty. And because of that, I'm going to pay the penalty for my sin. Right? I've sinned against God. And again, we, we have done things that was wrong and, and we've done things that were, in our minds, we know, in our minds and our hearts, we know that, that is wrong. And the wrongness we've done is against God. Even though it may impact that other people, understand, you have sinned against God. God. And so how do I sin against God? I sin against God's commandments. You know, God has an order. He has a structure. God has, has a standard. And when you come against His standard, guess what? That's called sin. That's called missing the mark of God's standard. And the law of God shows us that this is His standard. And the law of God shows us that I've missed God's standard. Now, guess what? You are in trouble. We are all in that place. We're all in trouble. But God has given us victory through Jesus Christ. That's why he sent his son. Right? He sent his son to pay the price for our sin. You know, Jesus, who, who knew no sin, became sin for us. So that we can be the righteousness uh, sons of God through Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a, it's a great plan of redemption that God has given us through Jesus Christ. That's why we have, our victory is found in Jesus. That's mean you gotta be, you got to be found in Jesus. So that's why, again, these messages are so important. Keep that in your heart. Again, these things never get old to me. You know, I don't care how long you've been saved. People say, well, I've been saved for a long time. I'm telling you, these things should still stir and burn in your spirit, 
in your soul and in your body. It should continue to guide you each and every day. The salvation you have, the redemption you have through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we begin to talk about, uh, said before, before we said, before we talk about death, we're going to talk about life. And we make sure we understood that God is the source of all life. He is. God is the source of all life. And why is that so important? Because I want you to really understand that you are here living on this side. You are not an accident. Right? God has a plan and purpose for you. That's why you are here now. That's why you are alive. That's why you are breathing. That's why there's breath coming through your, your, your lungs. You know, you're able to function. That's why you are here, conscious right now, listening, hearing this message. That means you are alive. And so that's why it's important to understand God has given you the source of life. He's brought you here. He is God of all creation. And so when, when God formed man from the dust of the ground, he breathed into his, the man's nostrils and he became a living soul. So that means man is spirit, soul, and body. That's the whole totality of man. Spirit, soul, and body. So then what happens at, at death? At death, that physical, natural body stops functioning. And it returns to the dust of the ground. It returns to the earth. But your spirit and your soul, it continues on. I love it. It continues on. And guess what? Your spirit and your soul, that's the real you. And again, we make these points before so you really understand. Like when we go to you, when you go to a funeral service or home going or whatever, you know, whatever it may be when someone passes away and all you do is see a body in a casket, right? That body in that casket is just a shell. The real person, the real them, their spirit and soul, they're continuing on. That's how come that, that shell, that, that body that you're looking at, that physical body, if you say anything to it, it's not going to respond. If you poke it, if you speak to it, if you slap whatever you do to that physical, it won't respond to you at all. It is a shell. Because the real person, the real, it's moved on. It continues on. Again, this life after that physical death. And that life after the physical death, that's the life we're talking about for eternity. So what is death? We, we mentioned about uh, the, the definition we give for death for just for this teaching or my portion of this teaching. It's an unnatural separation or severance for something which, be, which it belongs to. And so for physical death, it's a separation of the spirit from the body. That's what the Bible says, right? To be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. When your spirit leaves that body, all that's considered, that body considers death. And so that's just a transition. That's for us to understand. Death is the transition to your, to your next assignment. Your next assignment for eternity. Right? That, that's the transition. Death ushers you into that next, that next assignment for eternity. And again, that's why, I, you think about it, that's why it's important that a man wants to die and then the judgment. Because you're only going to die once. There's only going to be one transition. Once you get to eternity, you're going to be locked into a place, a location, and in, in, in that position forever. There won't be any other transitions at that point. And so we looked at these things. We saw these things when the rich man and, and Lazarus. We saw how when, when the rich man made his transition through death, he opened his eyes up in hell. That was it. He, he was in hell never to die again. Right? And so that means then hell is going to be placed into a certain place. It's called the lake of fire. But guess what? Those that are part, of, are part of hell, they're going into that lake of fire. They're not going to die again. That means you'll be in a place where you will be, have the eternal flames forever. 
you'll be in eternal torment forever. How long is forever? We can't even put a time stamp on that. You know, in our minds, we think about time and day and night. Think about a time of forever. It doesn't even matter day or night. It doesn't, it's forever. Forever means it never will end. But through Jesus Christ, I have not only everlasting life, but I have eternal life. That means forever I'll have the God quality, God character of life forever. That will never end. That's the good news, the promise I have through Jesus Christ over death. Forever. Again, that's why I mean I think about that's why that's why the Bible talks about those that have fallen asleep in the Lord. Right? Those that fall in asleep in the Lord, you know, they have peace. They're not waking up in agony. They're not waking up in turmoil. You know, us on this side, obviously, when our loved one passed away, you know, it hurts. It's painful. And again, it hurts for many years afterwards. Not like it's a one time. It hurts. But those that have passed away in the Lord, oh my God, falling asleep in the Lord, hey, they're at peace and comfort right now. Again, that's, that's the hope we have. That's comforting that they understand that. To know that. That means whatever illness, whatever sickness, whatever, whatever things are going on in their body, they're not feeling that no more. That's so why I said God is so good. God has, has promised us eternal life through Jesus Christ. And God is, is, and His plan is that all you gotta do is receive Him. Guess what? We got the easy work. He, He had the hard work. We have the easy, you know, easy side of this, this decision. This is, all you gotta do is receive Him. That's the victory we have over death. All right, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Start here again, starting at verse number 12. It says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man is in own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And that's been our focus for this, this message. He is death is the last enemy that must be destroyed. So in this passage of scripture, we understand that there is a resurrection from the dead. 
That means there's death does not have a is death is not the final outcome or resting place. Death is not the final destination. There's life after death. That means the grave is not the final holding place. Right? And then we testify that God has raised up Christ from the dead. Making him Jesus. When we talk about Christ Jesus, the Christ, he is both Lord and Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the one that we have our hope in. And how we know that? Because God raised him from the dead. He alone has that own distinction alone. That's his only one that can say that God raised him from the dead was Christ Jesus. He was raised from the dead for our justification. That's how we are considered innocent, you know, declared justified or declared innocent. Because God raised up him from the dead. And then we see here that even in Adam all die because, again, death passed upon all men. Why have death passed upon all men? Because all men have sinned. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But in Christ, we all should be made alive. And then we read that on last week in Romans chapter 6. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, again, people so much focus on death. I want you to focus on the gift of God. Eternal life. It's through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then we saw how Jesus himself said that he is the resurrection and the life. He told that. He said that. He made that statement. And meaning that he has all power to restore and maintain eternal life. He alone has all power. To restore and maintain eternal life. That falls in the hands of Jesus alone. It's through him that he's granted us eternal and everlasting life. For all those, guess what, that believe in him. That's how, you, that's how we're going to be found in him, is those that believe in him. And that's why I want you to be very clear about you know, the spirit and the soul, in the sense that your belief system will carry on even after this physical body goes on. What you have believed on this side will carry on to the transition to the next side. It's not like your mind, or you, and I'm, I'm thinking that we're just going to get to a place where our soul, we won't have any consciousness of what happened on this side. No, you have a consciousness of what happens on this side. You remember what you did on this side. After that physical body returns to the dust of the ground, you will still have your spirit and your soul. Your soul is there to have that, that mentality. You have the consciousness to remember. Again, not your brain. Your brain is a physical organ. It's going to return to the dust of the ground. But your soul... Your remembrance, the things that you have done here, the choices you made, why you made the choices that you made, all that will still be intact to carry you on. To me, I'm telling you, that's, here's to me is a real torment. Again, this eternal flame, that's, that's a whole other aspect. But here's the real torment to me for eternity. That you remember all the things you've done on this side and realize how you missed it for eternity. That's the torment. That you can never change it again. You'll be stuck with your thoughts and your memories of how you missed it forever. That's torment. Because you'll, 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 you'll be there, I'm just saying, sitting there, you'll be there in, in your form and you'll, and you'll have your thoughts. And here's the thing, without that physical, you won't have that physical body because that physical body is going to turn to the dust of the ground. So guess what? Things that you, you thought you'd, you, maybe now you have a hard time remembering, at that time, your memory will be very good. You'll be able to roll back everything. You remember things that you, you hadn't thought about in years. You know, it, it, it's, here's my thing. It, it, it reminds me of kind of like when you, 
you know, growing up and then, and then there's, there's songs and music that are being, that are played in certain eras of times, right? You know, again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a child of the, of the 80s in the sense that that was, you know, my teen years, teenage high school years, college years, whatever in the 80s. So when I hear music of the 80s, it reminds me of that time period. Awesome things come back to me. My, the mentality comes back. I remember some things. It reminds me of things when I hear certain music during that time. And all of a sudden thoughts, I'm like, yeah, I was, thought crazy. I had foolish things. You know, I, I remember what those songs, you know, made me think about. What I was engaged in at that time. And now think about it. And this time for eternity, you're going to remember your motives. I'm telling you, you know, we, some of us have been saved for a long time. We forgot. We forgot how we used to be. You, let me say, you, you forgot how it was before you were saved. And then some of you forgot how, how you was after you got saved. You still clown. You still was a fool. You, I'm going to tell, tell you, this time all things will be reminded. Here, here's my thing too, right? When we talk about remembrance and, and your belief system. How you, how you think about people. And what I mean by that? I'm going to tell you something. If you're a racist on this side, you're going to be a racist on the other side as well. What do you mean? Your belief system is still intact. You know, if you have an issue with a certain race of people, for whatever reason, it's, it's not like once that physical body dies, all of a sudden your issues of racism dies with it. No. Your belief system carries on. Again, remember we talked about with Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man viewed Lazarus as a beggar. He remember that's what his, his status in life was when he, when he last saw him. So he's like, go get that beggar boy and, and tell him, come help me. Your mentality stays intact. And then, and then all of a sudden, I love how Abraham said, hey, you know, hey, in your days, you were comforted. You lived life sumptuously when you was here. But now, Lazarus, the beggar boy, is comforted. Forever. And you are in agony in those flames forever. But your mentality is still there. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying it's so important to address your issues on this side. I do, no taste. I do not want to stand before the living God and have, have him address me about my issues that I should address on this side. I'm talking about me as a believer. Because, you know, we can hide behind that believer as well. Oh, I love everybody. Do you really love everybody? Then how come you only witness to certain people? How come certain people you only witness the gospel to? Other people, you don't care if they hear the gospel or not. How come we can look at someone in our mind, automatically make a judgment of, of what, what they're about? By just, you know, the outside appearance. That's a belief system. You've got to address that. You no, know, I'm telling you, Jesus spent... <laughs> He spent time addressing those belief systems on this side. That's why he said, I, I, I went, he, Jesus said, I, I, I went and ate with the sinner. And then those that were religious got mad at him for eating with the sinner. Jesus was there with the prostitutes. Then, you know, in our mind, what we call the harlots. He spoke to them. Here we are running for certain people in, in their lifestyle. Jesus like, no, I've come here to restore I have a message for them. That's what I love about the gospel. The gospel is for everyone that whosoever shall believe it. 
But whosoever is everybody. The gospel is not just tailored for just a certain group of people. Or a certain family. Or a certain region. It's for all those who believe. So again, think about these things now. The reason I bring this up because I want to make sure while we're still on this side, let's address some things while we're still on this side. That's in our hearts. In other words, can, can you go to the, to the jail and, and minister to folks in the jail? What if you stand behind a, a, a jail cell and, and, and you're there and then that person that's in jail tells you about the crime they committed? And then all of a sudden you hear what they have to say about the crime committed and you're like, you know something? Hey, you deserve what you're getting. You, you know, you become the judge, you're an executioner right then and there. Can you minister them the gospel? Just like you can minister to somebody else the gospel who you feel like deserves it. And again, I'm going to use in the jail, somebody who's in jail, prison. I'm, it can be anyone. We have certain family members that we have written off. Family members. Your blood. That you know what I mean by written off? You're like, I, you, you refuse to witness to them. Why? Well, you don't know how they treated me. You don't know how they treated my family. You don't know what they've done to us. You know, over the years. You know, all this kind of thing. But the gospel's for them. Just like the gospel's for you. See, there's some things we need to address in our heart. When it comes to witnessing. And I'm talking about sincere witnessing. Not this, you know, religious stuff, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, that's a religious statement. So you tell somebody that. I mean, you, you're not praying for them. If you've got to tell somebody you're praying for them, you're not praying for them. If you're praying for them, pray for them. Well, I've got to tell you I'm going to pray for you. Let me just pray for with you. Because you don't want to address it. You, you know, when you start praying, something else is going to come out. Like, was that prayer? See, that's... God is just so good. These are things that God wants to address us now. And again, I'm talking about those that are called us born-again believers. And we saw that this individual. We saw Stephen in the time when he was stoned. The time he was stoned, stoned to death, he looked up and saw the Lord Jesus. Not sitting at the right hand of the Father, standing. And out of his last words, after he told him, he said, receive my spirit. Stephen, after being stoned by these individuals, told the Lord, said, Lord, please hold not that sin against them. Now, you tell me where your heart will be at. Somebody that stones you, kills you, and you're going to have the... At your last words out of your mouth are forgive them. No, your last words in your mouth like, Lord, get them. Revenge them for what they did. Because again, you, and you, especially if you've done nothing wrong in your heart, like I've done nothing wrong. I've been accused of just, in, in, injustly. You know, I've done things and, and they accuse me and they're killing me and they're doing these things against me and my family. And I, all this persecution, I've done nothing. Lord, pay them back for what they've done for me. See, why is it, I thought we were talking about death. That's what I mean. These things, your belief system. I want you to catch these things about your belief system. It moves on with you. What you believe on this side, you will believe on the next side. 
after that physical body is over. All right, so we talked about before how Jesus has the power to restore and maintain eternal life. It again resides in Him. Then we we talk about the resurrection again. We mentioned the resurrection. Just a uh, simple definition of it is to be raised again, to never to die again. And then we talk about there's two resurrections. We talk about the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust. The resurrection of the just is a resurrection unto eternal life. Again, that's a resurrection for the believer. But the resurrection of the unjust, that's a resurrection unto eternal damnation. And that's for those who are unsaved, have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They will receive the eternal punishment for that decision. And so we looked at this in, in John and we saw how God has given Jesus all authority to execute judgment. It's put into his hands. And again, we mentioned eternal judgment. That means that you are locked into the decision and the choices you made in this physical body on this side forever. You're locked into it. That's what we mean by eternal judgment. All right, so we... Still in 1 Corinthians 15, let me go back and read verse 23 to 25 again. I'm sorry, 23 to 26. It says, but, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits after, afterward, they that are Christ at his right, uh, at his coming, excuse me. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he had put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has abolished death and brought life with immortality. Now let's turn to Second Timothy chapter. Second Timothy chapter one. I think this is where we left off at last week. Second Timothy chapter one. God is faithful. 2 Timothy 1, look at this in verse number 8. It says, <clears throat> Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and have brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So again, it's through Jesus Christ has the power over death. It's through Jesus Christ who has abolished death. Our victory is in Jesus over death. And he has brought to us immortality. Now I made this thing. What does immortality look like? Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What does immortality look like? 1 Corinthians 15 again. First Corinthians 15. <clears throat> look at this and starting in verse 51. What immortality looks like. It says, Behold, I... Show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of the eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead 
shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Immortality looks like there's a place where there is a time when this mortal shall put on immortality. Right? This corruptible shall put on incorruption. That means in the time of, we talk about what does immortality looks like? That's a place where it's no more corruption. No more being undefiled. That's amazing. It's a place, again, we're talking about a place where nothing, time does not fade things away. What is the aging process then? Nothing. See, we can't keep our hands around, you know, our mind around these things, right? That's immortality. You think about, you know, you're going to live forever, but you're not going to age forever. See, that's a, that's a, we can't, I'm saying these things, your natural mind cannot comprehend that. It matter, at that time, it won't even matter how old you are. You know, you can look at people and say, oh, they must be this age or that age. Or, or, or you know how people say, oh, you look good for your age. Yeah, really. But in that time, hey, it's not about the age or the years. Because there will be no fading away. You ain't got to put on all the makeup, the high, the wrinkles, the high, the, you know. None of that. The aging pro- It's amazing. Think about these things. That's the immortality. Then verse 55, it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That means that things we're doing and being in Christ, your labor is not in vain. What does that mean? It is worth it being a believer. Thank God that I'm a, I'm a believer. I, I wouldn't say thank God I'm a Christian, but I'm going to say thank God I'm a believer. Thank God I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. It is worth it. People say, well, is it, is it worth it to be a believer in Christ? Yes. For this alone, because I have victory over death. That's found in that alone. For if I think about the temporal things of this world versus eternity, it is worth it. That's why, I, as as a believer in Jesus Christ, I can say, "Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where, where again, where is thy victory? It won't have a, a stronghold no more. Only it has that stronghold on this side. I have victory over it. For the believer." So death is swallowed up in victory. And that victory is in Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. He has given a victory over death. He has given us a place where we will be talking about immortality. Victory. Now look at this in, in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. This victory we have over death through Jesus Christ. Revelations chapter 20, 
Let's look at verse 4. So we can understand there is a, we have victory over death through Jesus Christ. Revelations chapter uh, 20 verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they set upon, and they set upon them, excuse me, and the judgment was given unto them. I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So I'm going to read this again because I want you to catch, catch what he's talking about here, right? He talks about he saw the souls of them that were beheaded. Now, if you got beheaded, you're, you're, you're dead. Again, we're talking about the victory over Jesus, uh, victory, excuse me, victory over death through Jesus Christ. So he said he saw those that got beheaded, that died. For what? For the witness of Jesus. He saw those, again, souls that were uh, there for the, for the word of God, that worshiped not the beast, neither his image, neither received the mark of the beast on their forehead. Or on their hands. He's talking about those souls of those that were believers. That endured to the end. And then he said, here's their victory. They lived. Not only did they live, they reigned. They reigned with who? With Christ. Again, this is talking about a thousand years of millennial age. And again, these things dealing with, with revelations. And, and again, I know that's not really what we're talking about here. But I want you to understand the victory that's over death. For those that are falling asleep in the Lord. Get this. It doesn't matter how you may die. That's why I love God. God is just so good. Because, you know, you may die a tragic death. Or you may just die peacefully in your sleep. But the key thing is I have victory over death. Through Jesus Christ. I'm going to rule and reign with Him. With a place where there will be no more death. We're still in Revelation. Still in Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Look at this in verse number 4. Revelation 21 verse 4. It says, And God, And God, Shall wipe away all tears From their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Again, there's a come a point in time where, again, that's why the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. There will be a time after this time has, has passed away where there will be no more death. There will be no more transition to another assignment. You will be locked into whatever assignment you are in forever. But again, meaning no more death. Get this, no more pain, 
No more sorrow. No more crying. He said, God's going to wipe away our tears. Wow, I mean, that to me is so powerful. Because no more pain, no more sorrow, no more hurt. And again, if you go back and, if you go back and remember the messages that came before this one, around the origin of death. How it happened, when, again, talking about the, in the garden where we were at Adam that was there, and then how things were before Adam committed his transgression. Then all of a sudden, after he committed his transgression, how when he had to work, all of a sudden there was sorrow and there was pain, there was turmoil and all that. It was hard for him then. Then, you know, we just talked about the, you know, the sisters talked about the thorns and the thistles. Those things that were placed in the ground, that, that raised up from the ground, that you had to weed out in order for you to be fruitful in the ground. All that because of sin. All that because of sin had corrupted everything that, that, it, uh, that it touched. When, when Adam committed his sin, it impacted everything. But at this point, all things will be placed back in order. That's why the Bible talks about a new Jerusalem. He talks about a new heaven. A holy city. I mean, it's amazing how God talks about these things. A place where, hey, there won't be any corruption of sin there. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that amazes me. We're talking about heaven, a new heaven. When the Bible talks about how Jesus had to come his blood to heaven. His blood was there to purge heaven. The blood of Jesus had to purge heaven. From what? See, the impact of sin is, is amazing. But at this time, there will be no more death. That means, guess what? There will be no more sin. Hit this. When we stand before God, this time those that are, that are part of the believers, those that are, that are part of, the, again, the judgment seat of Christ in the sense that that's the judgment of the believers for eternity, we're not going to sit there and disobey God. There'll be, there'll be no more disobedience. We can truly say we are children of the Most High. The realization of that will then take place at this time. That's why you think about those so great a cloud of witnesses that went before us. They're rejoicing. Waiting for us to come and join them. See, our labor is not in vain. There's going to be a time where there will be no more death. No more sorrow. No crying. No more pain. No more agony. That's, that's the promise we have as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now for the unsaved, Go back to Revelations 20, verse 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne of him that sat on it, and for whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those books, which were written in the, what was written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire 
Again, this is the, the second death or the eternal punishment forever. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the final destination for death. It's the final destination for hell. It's the final destination for those who have not believed in Jesus Christ. You will be cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is considered an eternal flame. And here's the thing. It'll be eternal separation from God for eternity. What do you mean by eternal separation from God? There is no do-overs. You can't change your position. You can't go from the eternal fire, a lake, of, a lake of fire, to now get into heaven. Why? Because of the choices you made on this side. It's a place of torment day and night. The Bible talks about where the wormwood never dies. Here's the thing. Can you imagine this? Where you feel the pain and, and, the, and the, the agony of a fire. You know, you'll be consumed. I mean, you'll be burned by a fire, but you'll never be consumed by it. Get this, right? A flame is on you at all times, but you can't, you'll have the sensation. You'll know, what it, you'll know exactly all the pain and agony of that, but it'll never stop. That's the time you wish death was around. Like, I, I wish I can just die. No, you'll be there for eternity. An eternal torment in that flame with your eternal thoughts of how you missed it. That is truly a place you don't want anybody to be. This is the judgment for those who have not believed on Jesus Christ. And you see it, it says in verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead small and great. Small and great is not talking about their stature. Your size, your, your body, uh, uh, you know, how you're shaped. It's not talking about that. It's talking about your position and status you had here. So whether you was in leadership, whether you was not in leadership, whether you was, had a, a title behind your name, whether you had degrees behind your name, or whether you had nothing behind your name. Whether they didn't even know your name. Small and great, you shall be judged. And you're going to be judged by the works that you did on this side. See, there's a record of all of us that's being written down. A record. That's what I mean. You, get, you stand before God, you know, your memory is like, oh, God, I don't remember doing that. Like, oh, no, I got the record right here. I got, you know, not, not just chapter and verse. We got date and time stamps. It's all there. See, I'm saying it's nothing new on the sun. You know, we look at computers and we got things that are date and time stamped. When you send out email or send out a digital copy and, they, and everything's date and time stamped. So when you stand before, if you had to go into court of law, they can bring out the, the text messages. So you can sit there and say, I didn't do that. Like, well, this is your phone. Here's your statements. Here's the date and time. They can put everything together. Well, here they're going to roll out all your text messages here. It's all written down. Everything you've done. And you're going to be judged by those works. You're going to say, oh, and I'm going to tell you, this time, you, hey, there is no legal standing before God. You sinned. And your judgment is going to be eternal damnation. And then, so your name is not going to be written in the book of life. And you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. See, I, I'd rather be 
in, in Revelation 21 and, and 4 where God's wiped away my tears. Where there's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no more death. I don't want to be here in Revelation 20. All because of my ignorance, my rejection from the word of God and receiving the gospel on this side. Again, that's why church is so important that we witness the gospel message of Jesus Christ. To everybody. Even though we are still in this time of pandemic, we thank God for the live stream. And we think that we're, the word of the gospel message is getting out to all corners of this, of this earth. That we couldn't reach in our physical bodies, right? Our physical, I mean, we thank God that it's getting out there. God is so faithful. You'd be amazed why we even went through these things. I'm not saying that's the purpose for the pandemic. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's amazing now how the gospel message is getting out to even parts of the region that wasn't even thought about before. The message of the gospel. It's not about you. It's about the gospel message of Jesus so that they can receive his word and not get to this place and repent for their sins. God is doing a work in us and through us and all around us. And we have a part to do in that work. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.